0: 18 plus. And welcome into Pac-12 Football and Beyond. Got a busy day, busy show for you today. We're going to break down Oregon State. We're going to break down Arizona. Two programs that seem to be going in different directions, but we've got some good stuff to talk about there. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about, hey, John Swofford. uh, He's going to be retiring from the ACC. We are seeing a new wave. Uh, Certainly uh, Mike Slive retired a few years ago. Fortunately, passed away. We've got a relatively new SEC commissioner, Jim Delaney, retiring in the Big Ten uh, just recently. Now, John swafford has gone. Gosh, we've uh, the old guard of the the triumphant uh, of uh, three very influential commissioners in college football. Are uh, we've got the new guard coming in? Maybe that's good. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also. Um, remind you that uh, what we've got going on at LandryFootball.com, our breakdowns, our um, roster breakdowns and the previews of the college programs around the country, as well as our news and notes on the college football end, uh, as well as uh, the pro football end, um, and uh, the, the news and notes every day that brings you the inside information around the league and around college football, all the recruiting notes. We're going to get into a couple of things that stand out uh, of the day, this uh, past day, but more importantly, the week that was in the Pac-12, particularly a lot of recruiting news and some personnel news. Uh, Also, um, a reminder that we are really excited about breaking through with different new podcasts. We've already started SEC Football and Beyond, which Blake Rafino uh, is taken over on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can find it on LandryFootball.com. It's SEC Gumbo, and it's spelled the Cajun way G U M B E A U X. You can sign up for Landry Football's Conference Call, wherever you sign up for your podcast, Landry Football's Conference Call, and uh, make sure that uh, when you do that, the SEC gumbo is going to go to your podcast as well. Now, what we're going to be is transitioning all of these conference shows each and every day that I do for you here. We're going to be getting a, a someone that's going to handle the Pac-12, someone that's going to handle the Big Ten, someone that's going to handle the Big 12, someone that's going to handle the ACC. Uh, and then I will be doing the national show a couple of times a week as well as my NFL show. And so that's how we're transitioning, get some other voices in there, get some different viewpoints, have a lot of fun, have a, le- have a lot of interactive uh, approaches um, with that. Um, so we're really, really excited. We're going to be have a Twitch channel. We already have a Twitch channel that we're working behind the scenes to get it up and going. And I want to make sure that um, we are ready to go um, as, as we get to this July period, and uh, maybe mid-July, late July when these shows are moving on and we're getting closer towards the start of the season, you're going to be able to watch the shows, the podcasts live, and then listen to them like you normally do. So we're really excited about it, uh, and uh, we hope that you check us out and spread the word, and you can find out all the details over at LandryFootball.com. Follow me on Twitter, at LandryFootball. Reminder, this podcast brought to you, by the great folks at 401k generation uh, if you got a business and you wish to set up a 401k for your employees or if you've got a, maybe an IRA that you want to roll over whatever your needs are they can help you they are experts in 401ks in setting it up for your business thus their name but they're great with helping you with your individual plans and questions on financial planning uh, achieving wealth securing your wealth they can help you licensed in all 50 states um they can help you regardless of where you're listening to this podcast give them a no obligation phone call or text at 18669985879 um so we uh we recommend you do that uh, and tell them that we sent you they'll take good care of you and look we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for them uh, they they make it possible for us to do that. Um we're also uh asking you to check out landryfootball.com looking at the scouting season offer that um we got for you that will provide you all the the film room breakdowns uh that I was referring to. You can get that for less than $5 a month. So take advantage of the what's going to lead up into the season, all the roster breakdowns and previews, um, all the um, the in-the-season uh, game breakdowns. we got it all for you. You can try it out for a month, three months, whatever the case may be. Check it out. Um, scouting season offer, the best one we've ever had. So take advantage of that today. Some news around the college football uh, world today. First of all, uh, as I mentioned, uh, off the top, um, it looks like John Swofford, seventy-one years old, he served as ACC commissioner since nineteen ninety-seven, is going to step out at the end of the twenty 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 excuse me twenty twenty-one athletic year. Um, so he's just done a, a really good job, and certainly oversees the best basketball conference, and he's uh, really done a good job. Got Notre Dame in the league, sort of in other sports, and somewhat got their toe dipped into the football realm. So. um, Congrats to him! And again, as I mentioned at the top, we've got kind of maybe some new guard guys. This will be the third um, of the commissioners of the, uh, the, the that have been around a long time that are moving on. Some other news of the day: um, uh, It looks like that um, former Iowa redshirt freshman tackle Ezra Miller is transferred to Nebraska. Um, some uh, uh, Michigan. Receiving a verbal commitment um, from four-star wide receiver Kristen Dixon. Um, looking at uh, LSU and Nebraska and Oregon, a lot of folks. Um, and uh, raw and really uh, talented young guy, though. Uh, good get for the Michigan Wolverines. So, um, uncommitted four-star linebacker. Uh, Prince Colley has announced that he's deciding between Georgia, LSU, Louisville, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma Congrats to Louisville to be in the mix there for a kid of that ilk. Um, and uh, Vic Keening, which we talked about on yesterday's show, the defense coordinator at West Virginia, uh, releasing a statement addressing the concerns of sophomore safety, Kerry Martin, a kid that he's coaching um, that had concerns and has brought those concerns to light, that's put – Vic Canning on administrative leave. So we'll see how that plays out and what effect that may or may not have into his situation. Um, Around the Pac 12, um, keep looking at uh, a lot of things uh, that have happened. Uh, One of my breakdowns tonight is going to be Arizona. Uh, and wondering a little bit about their personnel and what type of inroads that they're making with Kevin Sumlin, and it's not been what is needed. Um, they did get a commitment from three-star linebacker Matthew Wirtz um, uh, last couple of days, which is uh, a good get for them, certainly a good player. He's from Batavia, Illinois, three-star linebacker. Uh, he's got family in Arizona, so that's that's affected his decision. We're talking about a – Top thirty-five, forty player in the state of Illinois. Um, UCLA getting a good commitment this week—a four-star commitment from big tackle Thomas Cole. Um, Arizona lost out to him, as did Baylor, Michigan, Virginia, the other schools that was considering. Uh, he was considering gone to uh, Westwood. Six-seven-two-sixty-five's got a lot of growth room. A top. 35 player in the state of California at St. Louis Abyssal High School. Really good-looking player. Top 30 tackle in this class, so really good get for them. Um, you got Washington with a couple of nice commitments over the past week since we last convened. A verbal from four-star athlete, Will Latu. Uh, I think he's a really good defender. I, I I like him as a linebacker, particularly an inside backer that's got ability to roam and uh really good player. Um Utah, USC, Michigan, this is in his final four, uh, Would have been tough if they lost him, an in-state kid, Bethel High School and spent away uh, Washington there. Uh, good get for Jimmy Lake and his crew. Uh, also getting was um, uh, Maurice Helms, the defensive end. Um, really good get, uh, 6'5", 235. Uh, again, a guy that's going to grow into that position. Sant, uh, Santa Margarita High School in California by way of Hamburg, Germany. He's a top 30 defensive end in this class. Uh, really good uh, top 50 player in the state of California. So he's now nine um, known commitments in this first recruiting class. So, And also Clay Millen uh, of uh, getting uh, Arizona getting com- commitment from him. The three-star quarterbacks, the brother of Cale Millen. Um, Is a three-star signing by Oregon last year, the son of Hugh Millen, who a former starter for the Huskies. So good get um, there, solid get, uh, 6'3", 190-pounder, actually a trending four-star guy, so really solid get. He could be a quarterback of the future uh, once Grant Gunnell um, closes out his eligibility. Uh, uh, Oregon, as they continue to have a good recruiting class, outstanding, the best in the Pac-12, along with USC, Getting a verbal from four-star defensive back Jalen Davies this week uh, was considered to be a strong Oregon lean. Uh, he's a, he is, pardon the pun, a, it was a lean to Oregon, but he's got a lean LEAN body um, from Day in Santa Ana. You're very familiar with that program, of course. Natural cover corner, good length, still growing into his body. Good get for them. So, Um, And that's pretty much the latest we talked with you last week. Um, Some movements on, uh, I know that Cal uh, staff is moving, redshirt sophomore Zach Angelino is moving from linebacker to fullback. Um, You know, he's uh, obviously um, someone that they like his physicality and they think that uh, he should really be a good lead blocker for Chris Brown and company there. And uh, finally, we mentioned this, I think, uh, on last week's show, but former Sac State uh, redshirt senior quarterback Kevin Thompson is transferred to Washington as a graduate. Uh, He's going to compete with uh, Jacob Sermon and Dylan Morris and Ethan Garbers for starting honors. So uh, that's a look and a whip around the Pac-12 over this past week. So as we get into (coughs) – pardon me – a look at both Oregon State and Arizona. We're going to start in Corvallis with Oregon State. You go back, time flies now, because it just seemed like yesterday. It was October of 2017. And if I refresh your memory, what was going on there, Gary Anderson, who had success at Oregon State before, Parlay that into the Wisconsin job um, and ended up going back. And now Gary's ended up going back to Utah State to replace Matt Wells, who went on to Texas Tech. Okay, I get it. That's enough. But anyway, it was a lot of issues, a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of maybe infighting, backstabbing, locker room turmoil, coaching staff turmoil, a lot of things that are went bad. They went and hired one of their own. This doesn't always work. They went out. They tagged alum Jonathan Smith, bright young head coach. And the most impressive thing he did so quickly, he turned off all of that locker room turmoil, the staff turnover, the fan apathy into a program that has got a lot of positive momentum. There's a full buy-in to his staff. They rose into the top 50 last year in my film grade uh, rankings. That's the first time since 2013 they were better than their win-loss record had to show for it on tape, I can tell you. They lost three games by a total of seven combined points. Hey, they're losses. Okay, I get it. They were competing. They were playing well. And I'm really impressed with what he's done. I mean, this could be its looking more and more like the Kansas State of the Pac-12. And you got Washington and Washington State going through coaching changes. They're still better than Oregon State. Stanford is not quite what they have been. Uh, Oregon State's in a really good position, competitive in the North after a five-year absence. Now, can they get to a bowl game? If I told you there were four quarterbacks in the country last year, or three quarterbacks, that were the very best in touchdown-interception ratio, you could probably figure out a couple of them. Joe Burrow, check. Tua Tonga-Valua, Check. Justin Fields of Ohio State, check. Who was the fourth guy? Those three had the highest touchdown-interception ratio. The next best, Jake Luton of Oregon State, 28-3. He took care of the ball. He was the key reason Oregon State finished the season as the only Power 5 program to never lose a turnover battle in a game. He and the offense as a whole – had bright spots, scoring 50-plus against Arizona and Washington State, putting 48 on UCLA, 34 on a tough Arizona State defense. Um, The Luton to Isaiah Hodgins was really, really one of the more unknown and underappreciated connections last year. He was unstoppable in a couple of games that they played. Um, It was the – a top ten most improved offense in Power 5 from 2018 to 19. Last year was really good. Uh, Two of those three linemen were four starters, and Blake Brandle and Gus Lavaca. Nathan Edridge is a former Arizona transfer. He's going to help at center this year. Uh, With Luton gone, expect a battle there with Tristan Gebbia, followed uh, Mike Riley from Nebraska. Went 26-40 in the season finale against Oregon. It's a bit undersized is a high four-star ceiling with potential. He's going to compete with Ben Golbrinson who looked comfortable with a small sample size of march practices. Chance Nolan transferred in and while he was the number one Duke pro-style quarterback, he had some dual threat ability to the mix. So they've got some an- they've got some guys. Do they have any answers? The running back spots a strength even with Artavius Pierce moving on. Jamar Jefferson was a, one of the best freshmen in the country. 1,400-yard debut, had a midseason injury that slowed his pace. I think he's a 200-carry guy, and I think by the end of the year, everybody in the Pac-12 and a lot of people that follow college football nationally is going to know who Jamar Jefferson is, a great player. Now, Hodgins leaves a big void at receiver. Ty John Lindsey. Um, could break out from the slot. You're going to need him to be. More speed is on the way with Trey John Harrison. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, he went to Florida State, to Tallahassee, to follow Willie Taggart. Now he's back. Trey Love, hello, um, transferred from Washington, meaning this transfer is comprised of three four-star prospects. As I have mentioned in a number of these previews, and we've done a few around the country, you can catch the previews each and every day and the different conference shows. This is a developmental program, and with a developmental program, without spring ball, it's a bigger loss, I think. Uh, Got the new quarterback, less time to get up to speed. And, you know, you bring a lot of guys back. It's less of an issue, more of an issue if you don't. Um, Offensive line has less time to find the start-best combination, Uh, The stability at quarterback is going to be missed. The turnover battle, if it goes back to just normal, they're not going to be as good. Look, just the fact that they were as good as I mentioned, that, that, that turnover battle, when you win that, I mean, basically other people lost it and Oregon State just played smart football. Defensively, it's rare to look at a defense It's really rare when you look at a team and talk and congratulate them on a good job that finished, you know, maybe not even in the top 100. When you look at where this defense came from, it was the worst defense in the Power Five by far. By far. And it was the worst defense, discussion of the worst defense in the entire FBS. So if you took the group of five and the Power Five, their defense – was as bad as anybody in any of the FBS. They allowed an average of 46 points per game and 440 yards given up per game. So those were awful. It actually was the second worst in the FBS. Those are awful numbers. So when you take that to where you're 100, it's not bad. From 2018 to 2019, they cut off two touchdowns allowed per game and almost 100 yards per game. Uh, and, and while there were still meltdowns, they made huge gains against the rush and ultimately gave their offense a shot. So what it was is the defense's this past year, was it good? No. But it was better than it was in future years. And with the turnover margin going their way, Protecting the football, it gave themselves a chance. So um, it was really, really impressive uh, to, to at least see coaching get the most out of it. Now, they've got good returning production, um, returning as many as uh, anybody on defense outside of USC. And if you didn't catch the transfer portal, they, they're doing a lot of that. And they got a uh, Charles uh, Moore from Auburn, he was a top 100 prospect in 2019. So they're getting a guy that you know, we talk about and we, you, you know, the only thing people pay attention to is where these guys, where these these recruiting rankings end up. But they don't follow the fact that if you got players leave off those classes, where does that rank them then? So maybe somebody that's ranked fifth might be ranked 15th or 18th by the time five guys leave off that class. They don't follow guys leaving and if you don't do that you're going to be missing you know the whole issue of <laughs> you know what the whole recruiting class is all about if you've got good players and they move on where do they go and you got to follow the storyline um you got more going. you've got former JUCO Jordan Whitley and Isaac uh, Isaac Hodgins, who combined for eight tackles for losses so um, I think those things are, are really good. Avery Roberts is a four-star in another part of the Nebraska Riley squad. Rashad is the unquestioned leader of the defense after earning uh, first-team All-American honors that season. He has 22.5 tackles for loss in the entire nation, a feat that he accomplished in just playing in just 12 games. The linebacker was really dis- were really disruptive behind the line of scrimmage. Um, negative play rate, which looks at the sacks and tackles for losses in relation to snaps, uh, was was pretty good. To take the next step as a defense, they've got to maintain their their aggressiveness, cut down on yard long yardage, explosive plays given up. Secondary has some question marks. At least for the first time in four years, they they should get a little bit better with the position coach being there for two years in a row. They've got to find a new quarterback kind of work the rework the offensive line and receivers and uh, try to hold on to the ball security issue. So um, that's the key lines. Now let's take a look kind of position by position where the Beavers stack up. The all-important quarterback position. That's important for everybody, every situation, of course. But it takes on a bigger meaning even when you're trying to replace a guy that was solid. Jake Luton wasn't great. He's not going to have a great pro career. He's going to get a chance in the league, but he's smart. He protects the football. And as I said, he kept them on a huge positive side on the turnover margin. And that overcame a lot of issues. They just were super functional. So what do they have in a Chance Nolan, a dude threat type? That's battering Tristan Gebba for the starting job. Spring football, with some practices they had four to be exact. Told them a little bit, not a lot. Probably got more playmaking ability with these guys. What they don't have is that experience. So we're going to have to see. And if they don't protect the football as well, that's going to expose and cause a lot of problems for their defense that, again, they've been able to overcome. Uh, The running back position, uh, and Jamar Jefferson's another guy who um, is a big factor at running back for them. Uh, a huge, huge, you know, uh, player and an impact for <clears throat> as a freshman ran the football so well and is going to be a huge factor. At the receiver position, Trevon Bradford missed most of 2019 with a foot injury. Tejon Lindsey is a four-star recruiter transferred from Nebraska in 18 and add versatility and the fly sweeps. Um, the tight end position with Tegan Quinturano and uh, Luke Musgrave. Quattrano is a two-year starter. It's most being being used as a blocker. Uh, But we saw him catch the football a little bit more last year. Can they utilize that in a ball control element? The offensive line is going to be the biggest adjustment because uh, it's going to look a lot different. Redshirt uh, junior Brandon Kipru started 12 games at right tackle in 2019, moves to the left side, Uh, center noose, Bowman is likely to slide over to the right guard spot. Nathan Edridge, who's um, started two years for Arizona, the probable center there. Um, this offense is going to have to be retooled in a lot of ways, rebuilt. They've got some playmakers at running back, uh, but it is still a big question mark as how effective they can be as a line of scrimmage team. Defensively, again, took a step forward as I enumerated in year two under defensive coordinator Tim Tibishar. Uh, I think it's going to be maybe a, a small incremental improvement as well, uh, maybe even mid-level Pac-12, maybe a tad better. The centerpiece of the defense is redshirt senior Hamakar Rashid, an outside backer that's one of the best in the country. He is a leader. He is a hammer. He is a great tackler. Um, he's got great range. Really good player. He's the leader of that deep outside linebacker group that has uh, Oklahoma transfer Addison Gumps, um, inside backer. The sophomore Omar Spates had a spectacular rookie year. A redshirt junior Avery Roberts, a Nebraska transfer. It's um, another guy to to pay attention to they're looking for big things from Jack Collette who plays short yardage and goal line quarterback very very well Um, up front they've got questions but they're gaining some talent there they're hopeful that redshirt senior Jordan Whitley can bounce back from a nagging injury a year ago a juco transfer in 19 um Whitley was a run stopping force and someone who could push the pocket on occasion uh, Isaiah Hodges um, started 23 or 24 games at defensive end in um, the secondary. Could be a pretty good group if few of the if few of the signings can contribute. It's returning talent: Redshirt junior David Morris, his 14 career starts uh, at safety. Jaden Grant, the son of NBA star Brian Grant, junior cornerback. Nation Wright had a team high three interceptions last year. Um, it's a defense that, again, that's getting a little bit better incrementally. The key is can they be as functional and as disciplined on the offensive side of the ball. Specialists, kicking game, and some experience. They've got a sophomore, Everett Hayes, as a place kicker. Takes over, took over for the job late last year. Caleb uh, Lightborn is the punter. He was Nebraska's regular punter for three seasons before transferring. He's expected to take over for departing three-year punter Daniel Rodriguez, who did such a good job. So, look, they've got 30 scholarship juniors on this team. I think next year was kind of where it was going to be their year. The play of the quarterback position is going to determine their fate and whether they can get to a bowl game. But they're going to be a surprise team, and they're a surprise program. And it may not be this season; it may not come together. Um, they were just an awful program, as I mentioned. That's gotten better. Again, maybe a Pac-12s, um, Kansas State. Uh, you're you're not going to see them function like an Oregon or even a Washington State. The scheme is Chris Peterson's Washington stuff that goes back to Boise. A lot of formations and shifts to get everybody open. They'll find a quarterback late in camp that could really hold them back in a short and offseason. The defense is quietly better. They get a lot out of their linebackers, but they've been pretty bad against the run. They still have to get really creative to compensate. Their schedule's really hard on them. Having the league mandate the extra game, it really hurts them a little bit in terms of schedule and getting That seventh win. So they got Oklahoma State, which is likely a loss. They've got Colorado State, which could be a win. A Portland State, a win. Washington State, question mark. At Arizona State, probably a loss. At Washington, probably a loss. Cal, probably a loss. Stanford, probably a loss. UCLA, question mark. At Utah, probably a loss. Arizona could very well be a win. Oregon, a loss. So you're looking at um, five wins, possibly, and, again, would be one hell of a coaching job if they're able to get to 6-6 six and six this year. So it was a 5-7 and seven record last year. And with not having a veteran quarterback like they did, you'll wonder if they can get to that point this year. Uh, <clears throat> the Arizona Wildcats, the next team on the docket that I want to talk about. Second-year coaches usually have a huge impact. Um It hasn't really progressed for uh, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, They've not made that type of improvements that they need to make. Um, They've just really not improved a whole lot. And it's really an issue of they've not been able to take advantage on offense, particularly of the talent that they have, and they haven't been all that well coached. And defensively, they haven't been all that good. Recruiting-wise, they're getting overshadowed, beaten like a pulp by Arizona State. They haven't competed on a national stage since the late 90s. Dick Tomey's desert swarm. Uh, Rich Rod did a pretty good job, won the the, the, uh, the division. But they're just not getting it done recruiting-wise. They've not done a good job offensively. Noel Mazzoni is a pro-style coach. They just butchered the whole Khalil Tate situation. Um It's over. They've moved on. They've got an outstanding quarterback uh, in Garrett uh, Gunnell. He's a guy that should work in this offense. They should, in a pocket passing situation, should be real effective. Going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, Without a productive season, this is probably it for the coaching staff unless they want to give a – a coronavirus mulligan in this situation. Tate never developed. Gunnell's more of a pocket guy. They lose J.J. Taylor, who's a very underrated running back. He he was very good um, uh, last year. They just were not able to get it done there. Um, This fall, with with Gunnell in, it, it maybe will increase their chances of getting a chance to be productive in the passing game getting more out of it last season the offensive line used eight different variations they were wrecked with injuries they failed to to crack the top 50 in run push metrics they finished 88th in pass protection um you know it, it's just and it's not just a scrambling issue is at the quarterback position they really struggled uh and are not able to get good push so you wonder where this goes if they've gone five seasons without a 1000 yard receiver Um, you know, the defense is, is in the mid to late sixties in the power five defenses, just not really good. I mean, they're in the Rutgers, Kansas category on that side of the ball. Marcel Yates was fired in the middle of the season. Um, you know, now Paul Rhodes is in there. He's a meat and potatoes guy. How much better can they get? Um, they've got some linebacker depth issues. The secondary loses two starters, so I mean the defense ranked 110th last year, and you've got four linebackers that plays to the strength of this defense. Um, but I worry beyond those four, what they can do. Um, this may be, maybe, along with if it's not Colorado, the worst team in the Pac-12. Um, the first 20 conference seasons of the 21st century, um, the, the games it just hadn't been real good. The 20 seasons just have been, they've lost more games than any of the Pac 12 team. They've allowed more yards. They've allowed more points. They've been awful. Uh, They've never gotten to the Rose Bowl. It's 42 years and counting. It just doesn't look like Kevin Sumlin's going to be able to do much of anything here. Um, Again, they won the Pac 12 South under Rich Rod in 2014. That seems like it's 50 years ago. They've gone 15 and 30 in conference games, they've produced just one. First-team packed 12 in the 12th player in the last five years. Again, Gunnell's that type of player. Uh, their receivers: Castile and Joyner and Curry and Hill and Dixon and Cunningham. Who's going to step up? They got the grad transfer uh, Brendan Schooler from Oregon. He's got a lot of ability. What are they going to do at running back? Wiley or Brightwell going to be able to take over for Taylor? Uh, offensive line, he's got some returning guys with Donovan Lee and Jonathan and Josh McCauley. Um, they're going to have to really mix things up there and find some pieces with Fears and Congo and and uh, Barella and Jonathan Jorgen Morgan. Depth is an issue there. So, what are they going to be able to do up front in the offensive line? Um, defensively, they've given up an average of 34 points per game dating back to 2014. That's the worst average in that span, it's likely to improve a little bit this year just on experience alone, but how much better? Again, Paul Rhodes, uh, formerly the Iowa State head coach, um, you know, just the depth issues are going to be a factor. Schooler's a really good player. Fields a really good player. Pandy's a really good player, all good linebackers. I think Jalen Harris has got some edge rush ability. Greg Burns comes in and has to rebuild the safety position, Uh, Scotty Young's decision to transfer, um, you know, Brendan Schooler is going to be moved into a bigger role. At corner, Lorenzo Burns and Christian Roland Wallace. Sophomore Barry Wolf uh, is is a solid nickel corner. So they've got some guys, but how productive can they be? Um, You know, if, if Gunnell doesn't play well, and that's usually the difference in this league, Really good quarterback play can take you to the different level. The other quarterbacks can't help them. So they're really behind the eight ball. And um, you look at the team on the field last year and, and you say this is, you know, you wonder with a lot of these guys that did a pretty good job at A&M and, and they struggled, th- this shows that they're what they're able to do or not able to do in a place with even less Resources. It's going to be real interesting and see they're not awful from a scheme standpoint, but boy, they just don't really have it gone. The recruiting and the offensive firepower, all the things that you think they hired with Sumlin that Sumlin was going to bring to the table, none of it's happened. You know, it's one thing to try to tap into your Texas recruiting um, um, roots, but my goodness – You've got to be able to recruit California if you're going to survive in the Pac-12 at Arizona. Uh, look at some numbers from last year. Only seven FBS defenses recorded a havoc rate lower than 12%. Arizona, which recorded either a tackle for a, uh, a loss, pass breakup, interception, or forced fumble on 11.92%, ranked last in the Pac-12 and 124th in the FBS. Just awful. Passing downs, including plays on second and eight or longer, third and fourth and five or longer, Arizona defense recorded a sack on only 3.8% of passing downs in 2019. That was worse than the Pac 12 and 126 nationally. On a positive note, they stopped opponents two thirds of the time on fourth down uh, in 19. They allowed just six fourth down conversions and 18 opportunities, which was the best rate among the Pac 12 and ranked among. The top five nationally, so there's a there's a little ray of hope in that, but just from an overall defensive standpoint, too big of a hill to climb. Looks like a team that would have a hard time. Let's look at it. Hawaii's a big question mark. Um, Portland State, um, again, question mark. Stanford, likely a loss. Texas Tech, question mark. UCLA, probably a loss. Colorado. You know, that's a potential win. USC loss, Washington loss, Oregon loss, Utah loss. Oregon State, a loss. Arizona State, a loss. So, you know, best-case scenario, if they beat UCLA, they can beat Texas Tech, beat Hawaii and Portland State and Colorado, that's five wins. That would be a really good season for them and only because their schedule gives them Hawaii and Portland State. So this looks like a 4-8 and eight type team Uh 5-7 and seven at best, and probably only getting one to two wins in the Pac-12. What is that going to mean for Kevin Sumlin and his staff? Don't know. Probably means that they're considering they would owe him $5 million, Probably not going to buy him out, out of the, after this year. Probably gets another year. We'll see where it goes from there. But I would say that Arizona football uh, under Kevin Sumlin is not looking good at all. And the future looks pretty bleak. Hey, that's a look at um, the two teams of this week. We'll get into more next week uh, around each conference, um, getting into a couple of different schools. We'll work our way through it. So check it out and check out LandryFootball.com for more detailed film room analysis on all of these uh, teams Uh, more detail, Uh, take advantage of the scouting season offer, and uh, less than $5 a month will get you that information, uh, much more than we can get to here. And we like to try to think we can get to a lot of in-depth evaluations uh, uh, of the teams here. So check it out. Also check out our great friends at 401k Generation. Hey, give them a call. Give them a text. Tell them that you heard about them from us. Licensed in all 50 states, one eight six six nine nine eight five eight seven nine is the number to call. Um, we appreciate you supporting them as they bring you this podcast. Uh, remember, uh, be on the lookout. We're excited about uh, the podcast we've got coming aboard in July. Check out Blake Rafino every Tuesday and Thursday for the SEC podcast. You're going to love his brand and smack talk, and it's a lot of fun. High energy, so check him out every Tuesday and Thursday. You can find it on LandryFootball.com. Get it right to your phone for signing up for Landry Football's conference call. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Talk to you over on the pro football side on the pro football show and talk to you next week as we break down more college football with um, Landry Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. So long, everybody. Have a good one.